everyone, my name is Sarosh and this is Dear Body. In today's episode, we have a bit of a complicated situation with Taylor Swift's new music video which came out recently titled Anti-Hero. Here, she reflects upon her experiences being in the limelight. However, some fans and viewers took to Twitter to address their take on one of the clips from the music video. So before we dive into it together, do not forget to follow me for weekly episodes on our bodies because this is your safe space. So why is Taylor Swift being called fatphobic? She released her 10th studio album Midnights on October 21st, 2022. She also dropped a music video for one of her songs from the studio album Antihero. In one of the scenes, Taylor can be seen standing on a weight scale as it reads fat. As a result, it sparked a Twitter outrage amongst viewers who presented two visibly contrasting explanations. One explained how she was villainizing being fat by plastering it over the weight scale. The other connected it to Taylor's battle with the media industry and how she used art to express her relationship with her body and food. On Twitter, one of the users, Shira Rose, said, and I quote, Taylor Swift's music video where she looks down at the scale where it says fat is a shitty way to describe her body image struggles. Fat people don't need to have it reiterated, yet again, that it's everyone's worst nightmare to look like us, end quote. The other side presented this similar view as one Twitter user shared the word fat was used against Taylor Swift when she gained weight as an insult. It's not fair to tell her she can't talk about her own experiences with weight gain and how they still affect her ED today. So let's talk about Taylor's body image history in the limelight. In her American film documentary in 2020, Taylor Swift brought attention to her struggles with eating disorders being in the limelight. She shared that seeing pictures of herself online daily was not a healthy choice. This is because she would come across media outlets saying she looked pregnant or she would focus on her tummy being too big as highlighted by these media outlets. As a result, she would stop eating. In her interview with Variety, Taylor shared her relationship with food and its psychological repercussions. If someone complimented her, it was a good thing. If someone punished her, it was immediately something bad. She explained it further by narrating her experience being a famous musician. Taylor's first experience on a magazine cover was horrifying as the statement read, pregnant at 18. It was simply because she had worn something that did not make her lower belly look flat. For Taylor, that meant being punished. On the set of a magazine photo shoot, she registered it as a compliment when someone would tell her it was amazing how she could fit into sample sizes without any alterations to the dress. Comparing her images from 1989, her 2014 studio album tour when she was unbelievably thin as narrated by her, to the time she toured for her reputation tour in 2018 when she looked comparatively healthier, this is because Taylor was under-eating during her 1989 tour. In her documentary, Taylor recounts how she felt like she would pass out during or towards the end of the show. That is because she was working out excessively, but not eating. The world was quick to pass comments on her weight gain, which she coped with by starving herself. If anyone expressed concern over her bodily changes, she would respond, What are you talking about? Of course I eat. I exercise a lot. But that was far from the truth. Taylor maintained a list of everything she ate. 
to attain a size double zero as she narrates in her documentary. How do you define an eating disorder? Those with an eating disorder wish to shrink their bodies. They develop an obsession with eating and food. Eating disorders can look like bulimia where you eat large amounts of food followed by induced vomiting. Another involves binge eating disorder where you cannot stop ingesting your food. People with an eating disorder perform strict calorie counting and exercise. To better look into how eating disorders emerge, we will dive into personal accounts of artists who have used art to express how eating disorders develop. Looking at art as a medium for body image struggles, Vanilin Green, a video artist at Fresno State in the feminist art program, further in a similar program at the California Institute of the Arts, her work titled Trick or Drink, which came out in 1984, deals with her body image issues and her mother's relationship with alcohol. In one section of her 20-minute video, she presents images of herself before her dieting and binging began. Her youthful self is shown alongside images of women in advertising photography. Then, the recordings move towards her recording her weight gain or loss on camera. She has proceeded to a self-loathing cycle, hurling insults at herself, including I'm a pig and I hope I can stay on my diet. If I don't, I think I'll just die, die. Then Green takes us back to the time when she celebrated Halloween as a kid with her mother. Her mother wore a shirt that said trick or drink with a glass of wine in her hand. Not only does she present her mother's relationship with drinking, but also the violent fights her parents had. After meeting children of alcoholics, she released similar experiences or feelings, including fear of abandonment, seeking approval, having alcoholic partners, low self-esteem, and so on. Looking at her mother, who greatly affected Green's life growing up, Green fell into the cycle of binging and purging after her mother's passing. Green illustrated how she enjoyed the act of purging ice cream, followed by vomiting. She would purge four times a day. But this daily practice had its consequences after she learned her esophagus was at risk. Coincidentally, her mother had passed away from the same issue, so she sought comfort at Overeaters Anonymous. A year after Green presented her work, bulimia had been labelled a disease. Green gives a tangible reality to how bulimia and the act of purging takes away one's life. She was able to construct the physical nature of eating disorders through art. Viewers get a peek into how someone with an eating disorder is gripped completely to take action against their body because of the developed distaste towards it. Italian-born American contemporary performance artist Vanessa Beecroft shares her troubled relationship with her body as a child. After her British dad and Italian mother divorced, her lifestyle with her mother in northern Italy was rather strict. She shared, and I quote, I was raised with no TV, no coke, no chips, no bubblegum, no chocolate, no telephone, no cars, no pasta even. My mother was vegetarian, macrobiotic, end quote. In her own words, Beecroft shares how her relationship with her body and food took a turn as she began to mature physically. When I was 12, I started to become a woman and my body began to change. I was devastated because I couldn't be a boy anymore. I lost my boyish look. When I started to become something else, 
I didn't know how to keep it together. It was really painful. The more you eat, the more like a woman you become. That's when my obsession with food started. Initially, she started keeping track of her exercise and calorie count. The thoughts in her head kept telling her she was abnormal and not worthy of living, which is why she wished to give this document to a doctor for his diagnosis. It grew into an obsession. Some of the phrases she used for herself frequently were, I'm dying, I feel bad, horrible, I can't sleep anymore, depression, terrible anxiety, happy, disasters, slut, trying to vomit, making a clean sweep, monster, apathy, fatigue, fear, I'm bursting. Gradually, this documentation of her diet, her sentiments and her weight up until the age of 23 proceeded towards art. She began working on drawings showing vomiting heads, disembodied arms and legs and figures with red hair. She incorporated solid colors in her drawings, including green or orange, explaining why she would write down what she ate every day to see if it would turn green. That was an experiment and the drawings went with it. The vomiting heads were meant to represent her innermost desire to purge her food. Narrating her school life and struggle, Beecroft explained how she would throw up but fail. Her best friend from school could easily throw up and she ended up bleeding after trying for hours with her head in the toilet. Therefore, art became a medium for her to purge those emotions through her drawings. The inspiration, and I quote, Sticks and stones may break your bones, but food will make you fat. Sugar, carbs, grains and starches, of course you want that. One bite of food and you'll be screwed. Put down the fork and knife. Let Anna in and you'll be thin. She'll steal your whole damn life. This was an anonymous quote on Tumblr titled My Best Friend Anna. Originally picked from another website, this quote was further reblogged 233 times. As evident from the lines, it is a clear promotion of anorexia and bulimia. Social media platforms including Facebook, Instagram and Twitter have since promoted this narrative further. Alongside such quotes, images of thin women collectively brought forth what popularly came to be known as thinspiration. These include photos of models, celebrities or popular influencers. Focusing on the female flesh, their particular attention is paid to the midsection or the legs with visibly protruding bones, especially the clavicle, ribs, spine or thigh gap. This conversation has become the number one recent concern. The New York Post published an article on November 2nd titled Bye Bye Booty, Heroin Chic is Back. The article details the 90s body making a comeback like a fashion trend. Further, it was shared how today the trend has moved on from being slim thick to bootylicious. Bodies have become increasingly skinny. Critics took to Twitter to speak openly about how women's bodies were not fashion trends. Actor and activist Jamila Jamil took to Instagram to express her outrage over the media retaking control over women's bodies. She shared her journey of facing the 90s trend of appearing slim which cost her two decades of her life. Further, this narrative was strongly promoted everywhere about how the cost of looking thin was not to be categorized as a trend. To reach this unbelievably difficult way of thinness, eating disorders and drug addiction were a common refuge that had to be demonized, not celebrated or glorified. 
The inspiration has mostly to do with the female body. There is a higher chance of women developing an eating disorder than men. It has been reported that women between the ages of 15 to 24 have 12 times a higher chance of having anorexia. Therefore, it is no surprise that women frequently visit these pro-eating disorder websites. Pro-anorexia slash pro-bulimia websites emerged in the 1990s all over the internet. By 2006, up to 400 active pro-eating websites were operating, significantly growing over the years. The Social Issues Research Center best explains how disorders are portrayed as a means of achieving perfection and forming an elite, a group of humans who have successfully mastered or governed their bodies. It was assessed how anonymous blogs and confessionals online became a popular space for many to share their struggles with eating disorders. Not only was the act of confessing or sharing online a cathartic element, but it also made fellow internet users build interpersonal relationships online with those who could understand their journey. One user wrote, and I quote, It's been a while, but I haven't forgotten about y'all. I've just been struggling a lot. My eating was through the roof last week when I got my period, and I have been so ashamed to even talk about it to anyone except my Anna buddy. But I still want to include you guys in my Anna journey. End quote. Looking at the work of Spanish photojournalist and artist Laia April, we see her struggles as a 10-year-old battling bulimia. Using documentary and art photography as her medium of expression, April developed her story while she was in the process of recovering from her eating disorder. She formed a series, breaking it into more minor works she titled Chapters. These included a short video, a series of photographs, and a self-published artist book. In her work, we look at the accounts of anonymous women on social media through their eyes or their family, friends, or even viewers. The first chapter looks at Jo's life. She is a 21-year-old British girl with an obsession tied to food and eating. Jo hides her eating disorder from her family and friends and eats in acts of binging and purging which can last all day and night. Then she gets on the Pro-Anna website to express her hatred towards her body. April does not give complete view of Jo's life. For instance, Viewers see her daily trips to the supermarket, followed by eating and taking a quick trip to the bathroom. No one knows the intensity of Joe's struggles. There is also an element of hope attached to Joe's story. She dreams of dancing professionally and attends ballet classes. However, she is not seeking help. Her disease hinders her hope. She has constant headaches, feels cold and is low on potassium, which can be a risk to muscle control and her heart. In the second chapter titled Thinspiration Fanzine, April documents the physical repercussions of having an eating disorder. Here, we have a book filled with images and quotes from pro-Anna websites drawing attention to how women interact and the powerful impact the blog images have on them. In one of the photographs, a torso of a young woman is evident with her tiny waist clutched so tight that her hands end up meeting. One image shows a thigh gap and another with bones visible under the skin. By depicting such photographs in her work, she points towards the increasing appearance of eating disorders in the fashion industry once one becomes familiarized with these images. Expectations attached to a woman's body size have transformed drastically. 
Before, models weighed 8% less than an average one. 20 years later, she weighed 23% less. There should not even be a debate on a woman's body size in the first place. A strict criterion set for models to be exceptionally tall and thin makes them lean more towards developing anorexia and fit the desired appearance model. When pro-ana websites and women start glamorizing thinness using pictures, the latter reacted by saying that her photographs were a medium to interpret and start a conversation on the concerning factor. However, she could not stop these women from idealizing the thinness of the women in the photographs, which further set impossible body size goals. These series of events leave the viewers with the space to ponder the extent to which art forms, be it photographs, paintings or music, can create dangerous standards for women. On one hand, the artists promote their art to bring their personal experiences to life to distance themselves from their solitude and connect with fellow empathizers through art. On the other hand, women find validation for their eating disorders when art promotes a specific body size. Thank you for sticking around. If you have any topics you'd want me to discuss in future episodes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sarosh Ibrahim. I'll catch you in another episode very soon. Till then, do not forget to be kind. Mm-hmm.